This is Women in Leadership Podcast, featuring success insights from women around the globe. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast, brought to you by the Influence Alliance, the business building community for change makers who want to build a profitable and scalable business while make a much bigger impact in the world with their message. And I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, my guest today says gratitude is one of the most reliable ways to increase your happiness, your positivity, as well as your resilience. And joining me on today's show is Dr. Resilience. Now, over the last 20 years, Rosina has been serving as a medical doctor, specializing in psychiatry, particularly in the treatment of stress, anxiety, and depression. She's a best-selling author, a transformative speaker, as well as a podcast host herself. Now, she started her program called Happy and Healthy Mind to share practical tips for mental fitness so that people can live their best life without burnout and without unnecessary suffering. And on today's show, she's going to share the importance of gratitude, her own journey of transformation from stress to joy, as well as helping us to overcome challenges as a woman in leadership. So welcome to the show, Dr. Lorizina. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure being part of being on your podcast. Oh, look, I think today's topic, and I'm just going to turn your volume up a little bit because we want to make sure that we can hear you. Today, particularly with uh, the complexities of what many of us are experiencing around the globe, having to navigate not only work, but also for many women who are also mothers to younger children who need to go to school, navigating the homeschooling and all of that has placed so many more pressures on uh, on us. And so it's wonderful that you can bring from a medical perspective, uh, some tips, strategies, and I'm sure you can share a little bit about some of the things that you've done in your, your own life, having to navigate through that as well. But share a little bit about, uh, I know we've shared already some of the introduction, but I'd love for you to share a little bit more of the journey that got you to where you are today. Share us a little bit of a snapshot overview, if you wouldn't mind. What is it about what you do that you, you love and, and the support that you give. Share a little bit more about that if you could. Well, uh, the biggest joy of my work is when I see a person who comes in tears, change it into a smile. And so that gives me this inner job satisfaction that you can't describe. And uh, sometimes people do work to earn money and then they do work to get satisfaction. And there are some professions that... uh, are blessed with uh, being able to do both together. So I'm being, I am in that profession where I'm able to help people feel that satisfaction as well as uh, on my living. Um, something, let me ask you, was it something that you'd always had an interest to do from, from a young age? Was it something that, or was it something that you fell into? Share how you got into this industry. Um, I always wanted to be a doctor. And so uh, I wanted so much to be a doctor uh, that when I went to a career counselor and they said that I would not make a good doctor, (laughs) they said I would make a good accountant, a scientist, like, you know, because I am a very logical minded person. I'm kind of a systematic person, but I uh, struggle with uh, remembering things, memorizing things. Mm -hmm. And so... um, 
So they said, like, you know, I, I, I do better where uh, uh, my skills would be utilized better. Uh, and medicine, you have to remember a lot of things. Yes. And so they said, okay, that may not be the best uh, career for you. But I really, really wanted to be a doctor. So then I said, okay, well, you can strengthen your strengths and weaken your weakness. When your purpose is bigger than the problem, you can overcome it. And I, so I really had that strong purpose and that helped me overcome it. Yeah, I love that you've shared that. And I'm glad that I asked that question at the beginning. I knew uh, you needed to share that insight because how many people have in their heart and in their knower kind of thing, their knower knows that this is an area, the field that I want to study in and I want to be able to support people in, yet the feedback that you're getting from others who may not have, you know, the 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 knowing of that to say, no, you're better suited. So thank goodness that you did not listen to some of those uh, mentors and you know, uh, one of the things that I know you want to talk about today is the p importance of gratitude. Share a little bit more about your journey to appreciating gratitude and recognizing how important it was. Were there certain events? What was it that alerted you to the importance of gratitude? Well, yes, there was a major turning point in life when this became such important part of my life. It's not that I was not grateful before. I was always a grateful person. I always appreciated things. But you know how, you know, it's it's part of life. You know, you, you see something that is good, then you appreciate. But then it is very hard to be appreciative when things are not going exactly according to your desire, right? So that that's where the that's where the practice helps. So what happened in my life was, I was uh, um, uh, I was practicing as a psychiatrist. I had uh, you know bought a business and and um, was going through quite a stressful phase at that time. But it was just a couple of days after we had moved our offices. So I was very tired and I was kind of feeling a little um, feeling a little dizzy because of uh, allergies. And as I was driving back from work, um, I was thinking, oh, tomorrow is going to be my day off. I'm going to relax and da, 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 da. And suddenly, boom, I was out. And then there was this flashes of light. And then when I came back, I was in a car accident. And, and, uh, of course, my uh, airbag was inflated, uh, but as I looked at my hand, my hand was like this on the steering wheel. And, and somebody came and asked me, how are you? Um, uh, I said, what happened? What happened? And he said, you were in car accident. And I said, oh, oh uh, look at my hand, look at my hand. And he uh, he said, you know, um, just, just hang on. You know, police has been called. Somebody's coming to help you. But I, I could not move my hand to be able to pick up the phone to tell my husband, who's five minutes away from my home, and I couldn't call him to tell him that I'm in an accident. But anyways, finally, we uh, we got through, had the surgery, um, and then, you know, you go through this. When you lose something so important, you realize its importance after you lose it. So I never realized how important my right hand was. I didn't realize that I was totally right hand dominant. Like I, I did everything with my right hand. I didn't realize it until I lost it. And so I was kind of going through this, you know, um, 
pity party and like you know what why me and what this ha- uh, why this has to happen right now and like a just beginning of like you know new business and new career and we just moved and this like suddenly this whole my whole life is upside down um and so um um, and, you know, simple things like, you know, uh, you can't change your clothes. You can't, you know, open the jars. You can't make phone calls. Those are simple things I was not able to do. So I was very, very down. And so I was visiting a family member. Um, and so they helped me uh, to go into the shower. Uh, upstairs was a shower and family was meeting downstairs. So when I got done, I was calling them, but they couldn't hear me that I'm done. I could not come out because I couldn't change myself. So I was stuck in that shower. So I went back in the shower and I turned on the shower and I started banging the wall of shower with my left hand. Because, you know, you feel like this peak of helplessness. Mm -hmm. And so as I was banging that wall of shower, I had this epiphany. I said, I'm banging the wall of shower with my left hand. What if I would have lost my left hand too? What if I would have lost my eyes? or my mind, or my life. And I had a five-year-old kid at that time, and he was in the car with me for the whole week before that day because he was sick and I was taking him everywhere. That was the day when he was feeling well enough that I dropped him to the daycare. What if he was in the car? So suddenly then my mind shifted and I started appreciating the things I had rather than the things that I had lost. Yes, And that really changed the trajectory uh, of where my mind and my body and my life was going. And then a few days later, I was sitting in the bed because I'm a right-sided sleeper. I couldn't sleep because I, I had all these nails around my hand and I couldn't sleep on this side. So I was sitting in the bed and my friend had given me a diary. So it was it was on uh, on my bedside table. So that day I picked up my diary with my left hand and I started writing with my left hand for the first time. And I wrote, uh, I'm grateful for my left hand. And um, uh, I, I was sitting in the in the in in bed, but I could see the window in front. And so I said, uh, I'm grateful for my eyes so that I could see this greenery and having a husband sleeping on my side and a pillow to rest my hand and this ability to endure the pain. And so that's where my journey to start a gratitude practice started. And over the years, it's been more than 16 years now that I my day does not start without my gratitude journal. Yeah. And this takes me like, you know, there are times when things are going good and you can be, you know, in positive state and you can be grateful and appreciative. But when things are negative, it is very hard. Mm-hmm. When you are in that pain, it is very hard to be grateful. So having this practice, having this need to put the pen on the paper every day and thinking about what you're grateful for helps you shift your mind from things that makes you feel uh, bad to make you feel good, going from negative to positive or at least negative to neutral so you can appreciate the wholeness of life. 
Yeah, I love that you've reminded us of that. And we have a doctor, let me just um, share her comment. She's left a few comments, but Dr. Zoni McLaurin, thank you for sharing that. She said, you're living your life on purpose and your purpose and doing it intentionally, which followed on from the conversation that you had earlier, Rosina, about, uh, you know, wanting to become a doctor. But what you've just shared, I think, is so important for us because there are going to be circumstances that are beyond our control. I mean, we here in Melbourne, Australia, have been on, this is our sixth lockdown and we're not sure when we are going to be able to get it out of lockdown. I love going into uh, driving into the country, love going to the beach. In fact, put me in the middle of a mountain in a bush with a beautiful view and a diary because I love writing, you know, gratitude and other things as well. And I'm in a happy place. Now, of course, we're in suburbia and I don't have that ability. But guess what? I have YouTube and there are other adventurers who have done that. So I will often go and, and watch that. And I'm thankful for the internet. So there's what what is so important is for us to realise that we have the ability to change, don't we, the way we look at something. And that's so important because had you followed, and you mentioned the pity party, but had you followed that negativity and, and then gone through a whole list, which I'm sure you could have, of the things that you were not able to do, that doesn't help us, doesn't it? That continues to lead us down that spiral that's not doing ourselves any good and that that impacts you physiology. I mean, you're a doctor, so you know that what we think impacts our body as well and then how our body is feeling impacts our mind and it's a vicious circle, isn't it? Yes, and not only that, but it affects our healing ability, our body's healing ability. So people who are positive, they heal faster from surgeries because their body is in that uh, mode of repair. But when you are really, really negative, it drains you. It produces chemicals in the body that does not uh, promote healing. It causes more problem, more pain. Yes, yeah. So tell me this then too, if you are, and I'm um, such an advocate for being mindful, and I'm sure you are, and I'd love for you to share a little bit more about what you put your mind and attention and focus on, what you listen to, the community that you surround yourself with. So this is one of the reasons I started my podcast in 2008 in the career industry was because of the doom and gloom being portrayed by mainstream media, which unfortunately hasn't changed So if we are constantly focusing on negativity, doom and gloom, um, and and what's going wrong, that's going to impact us too. And you said even the healing ability as well, if we happen to get sick, yes? Yes, yes, definitely. That's why uh, we do uh, media fast. (laughs) (laughs) So actually, this is a prescription I give to my patients that, okay, so you need to stop watching the news. You can only watch for 15 minutes in the morning and that's it. You have to stop it. And that was, you know, I've kind of learned it from experience. One time um, there was a lot of wind going in. Like, you know, I live in Seattle and there are times when it's like really windy and and so I have like these 25 big trees around my home. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when the wind is really bad, these trees sometimes fall on the houses. All right. Yeah. So here I was <laughs> I was sitting at home and watching this 
constant repetition of this tree fell on this house and this tree fell on this house and the wind is so bad and da 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 and so i got so worked up and then i could not even stop the tv because and and the news keeps on repeating over and over and so one incident which is one incident it repeats so many times that you feel like it has happened 50 times it's not mm-hmm. happened 50 times it has just happened one time they just are repeating it every half an hour and if you're sitting in the front of the tv and you're consuming it without intention, um, then you would think that it is much more. And then on uh, on the flip side, they don't show really good things that are happening in the world. They would show how many people are um, dying because of the COVID. They are probably not showing how many people are surviving and getting through and becoming better and coming closer to their purpose and realizing the importance in life and improving their relationship and all these things that are happening that are other side of things that can promote uh, people, uh, promote hope. Yes. There, there is there is so much fear. We The media, media uh, um, thrives on fear and negativity yeah yeah but it has to be balanced and so therefore i tell people fast from the news watch it for 15 minutes or just read it uh, the headlines and just kind of go in detail of what you want to read rather than just uh, being bombarded with the news yes and then in terms of you know everything has two sides of things whatever is uh, uh things are negative like you know some what is happening in the world is negative. There's no doubt about it. There is fear. So you have the option of getting paralyzed from fear or take proactive action, take precaution, use your creativity to come up with solution, focus on solution. There is a problem. Sometimes people see the problem and they just focus on so much um, the, on the problem that their mind capacity to think solution is get uh, gets robbed. So there's no capacity left to think about what we can do in this situation. Mm. So yeah, I think that is very, very important that when people f- become aware that they are being bombarded by negativity, either from outside, the other people or media or like, you know, what they're reading or they're surrounding themselves or from inside because they are creating their own negative thoughts. If once you realize that that is happening, I recommend that you, you make an intention. You say, I choose not to suffer before suffering. I will deal with the problem if it happens, when it happens. And I'm going to take the steps to get the results I want rather than the results I don't want. Yeah, so important. And we have to set that intention. What I love about what you're reminding us of is that um, the two can often feed one another, isn't it? We hear something and then all of a sudden uh, our mind goes on on alert, but we have to physically stop watching that and be very mindful about what, what we're thinking and what we're saying to ourselves I'd love you to share a little bit about an insight into your own journey of of transformation from stress to joy, because I'd imagine that many of us, uncertainty is one of the things that can often cause stress, especially for many business owners, leaders who at the moment have no control over whether they can 
open their, reopen their businesses, what are some insights that you can share to help them navigate through that? Because what people don't realise is that even though when things and they may be able to reopen, how you've handled all of that and, and what you do to continue being gentle with yourself. I call about giving yourself grace and space, you know, space and grace, uh, because there's a lot of healing that needs to be done through that too, isn't it, doctor? So share a little bit some insights. How do we support ourselves in that time? So first step is to validate ourselves that it's okay. It's okay to feel afraid. It's okay to feel stressed because many times what happens is that people have this fear or worry or um, they're scared of something happening and they see it, right? And they say, don't think about it. Forget about it. It's not going to happen. And so when you try to suppress it like this, then it keeps on bugging you from inside. Mm. So first step is acknowledge. And be kind, like you said, be kind to yourself, that you are a human being. Yes, as a woman, you're trying to run a business and now you have to also take care of your kids, schooling, you know, homeschooling and trying to manage all the, you know, women are um, director of this orchestra. <laughs> and that has to work in harmony. <laughs> yeah. So, so they have to... Um, you know, direct everything. And then, you know, one area doesn't if, doesn't work. So they have to take care of that, but they're also taking care of themselves and they're taking care of their career and, and home and everything has to be kind of in. And sometimes you are also perfectionist. <laughs> Many women are. And most of the women in leadership are more perfectionist than uh, general women. And so we want things the way we think is right at the time we want. So we want other people to behave the way we want them to behave. We want people to do things according to our standards, which are usually high because we are, we have been able to reach to the leadership position because we have been disciplined and we have been, you know, this perseverant. And so we expect everybody to be like that. We want everybody to think like us. We get upset if people are not uh, according to our standards. So, so the point is that when things are not in our control, and things happen like this, then we feel that it's the end of the world. You know, it's going to collapse on me and then nothing is going to work out. And and so then it generates a lot of inner, uh, um, inner pain. Mm -hmm. So the first thing you want to do is to acknowledge and validate your feeling mm -hmm. and saying it's okay it's okay to feel that way. And now <clears throat> I also have a choice of taking the next step. Mm -hmm. So what's the best thing I can do in this moment to take care of myself so I can take care of all this orchestra <laughs> in the best possible way? And so just getting yourself grounded in the moment, like you said, becoming mindful really helps decrease that rush, that inner tension. And once that calms down, 
and then your mind would calm down. And as your mind calms down, then you'd be able to think through, okay, what is the next step you can do, you can take. And then you just take one step at a time, one step in front of the other, and the opportunities open up, the doors open up. But if you are really, really stuck in your situation, you don't see these doors opening because you're focused on the door that closed. Yeah. And what also I find that happens as women and everything that you shared, I'm sure all of the women, I know I was nodding on the inside about the perfectionism and we like to have things, step one, step two, step three, you know, hang on, they didn't do step two. What can sometimes happen if you, we don't do what you've just recommended, acknowledge it and make the best step intentionally. What can I do? What often can happen is we have what I might call, and there might be a term to this, we have almost like the secondary negative emotion. You start feeling guilty because as a mum and a, a, a wife maybe and a business leader and all of the things, the hats that we need to wear, because there's additional pressure on us, circumstances that enable that really should have us take a step back and say, at the moment, in the season of my life, I cannot take on all of those things. And that's okay. It's not that I'm a less than person, but we'll often bring then guilt, isn't it? I, I, I decided long ago that guilt was a negative emotion and a waste of space. So I use it as a trigger. Could I do something differently? No, it's out of my control. Well, there's no point me feeling guilty or shame, all of that. We have to, as women, learn to go, you know what? It's not like I, I would like to have it, but guess what? This is within my control and this is what I'm going to, you know, this is the action that I can take. Because otherwise we've got all these secondary emotions and tertiary emotions on top of that, on top of that. And that's a spiral that can increase stress, negativity in our bodies and almost call Ill, it cause an illness. What do you think of this statement? We think ourselves sick. We can, can't we? If we think things, it can make us physically ill. And, and there is a lot of proof about it. Okay. Yeah. So uh, not to blame yourself, because when you are thinking yourself sick, you're not doing it intentionally. Yeah. Okay? But this inintention is leading to that sickness. And so when you are, um, and you know, this is kind of really simple, funny example, you were asking my journey, but the journey doesn't happen overnight. Okay. So it's a step-by-step process, right? So I could just remember as you were talking, I could remember me driving to pick up my son. So like when I'm done from the clinic, I was, I was uh, driving to pick up my son. And every time I would be five minutes late, the babysitter would always get really upset with me. Because, you know, of course, her life gets stuck because I'm running late. And so every time I I used to drive, I used to drive in so much tension. Okay, And then when I was getting stuck in the traffic, like, you know, my whole body would be like really, really tense. And all my mind was like, you know, now this babysitter is going to be upset and I'm doing, you know, I'm being late and and that guilt feeling that you're describing. Guilt of not being able to pick my kid on time. Well, so like. One day I realized that every every day this is happening and every day my body is so tense and by the time I reach to pick my kid, I'm totally exhausted, not just from the whole day of work, which of course adds, but that tension that I was sitting with in that traffic to get to my kid. And so then I realized and I said, okay, well, this is not helping. Okay, so yes, I am running late. Yes, at the last moment, there was a patient that I needed to read a refill and I got five minutes late. Uh, And now I'm stuck in traffic. So what can I do about it? Okay, I can call her and say, I am running five minutes late. 
and then I can drive with calmness because if I remain tense or I calm, I'm going to reach there at the same time. Yes. But if I calm down, then I'd be able to handle her getting upset with me. (laughs) (laughs) Plus I would not be feeling this negative. Yeah. So it was an intention of saying, okay, yes, this is happening. Yes, in this situation, what can I do? And so there's one thing I can do, and I did, and then I calmed down. So that's why I use this um, in my Stress to Joy book that you were referring to. It's based on my own journey. A lot of these uh, tools I have learned in my life, in addition to helping patients and my friends, um, over the last 20 plus years. But like the basic formula for stress to joy is CPR. So I call it mind CPR. Mm-hmm. Um, so when somebody is having physical problem, you resuscitate with the physical CPR, cardiopulmonary resuscitation. You change it to mental. If you're having this mental stress uh, built up, you want to utilize this mind CPR. So C is to calm down. Because when you're really worked up, you can't think through, you can't be the best you could be. And then you make the decisions or say things or do things that you actually regret later. So first step is to calm down. The second thing, a second step is to process. Process what is coming, what uh, what is in your control and what is outside your control. And then R for response, respond with intention of things that you can do rather than the things that you can't do. And that CPR would allow you to get through this phase of stressful uh, situation. Uh, So from stressfulness to joyfulness, it would allow you to uh, do that journey. Yeah, beautiful. I love that. Calm, process, respond. And when we take the steps and then we realize that actually, if we have a look at a situation, which you have just beautifully explained to us, the situation with being stuck in traffic and then considering, and you, and and this is what we do as women. And and, um, if we're saying, I don't do that, I would challenge you. You can have more (laughs) arguments in your head about there's this, I'm going to say that. Sometimes I do that in the shower and, you know, I realise I'm, you know, dropping my finger. I'm thinking, I just wasted five minutes of my life having a conversation which never really happened anyway. And so we've got to check ourselves. What are we doing that's just not helpful? You know, am I calm? What is the process? You know, what is happening here? And then how can I better respond? Something that I see that we can really use this so well in situations that I see is because many of us are on lockdown and we we're online a lot more, we are meeting people or connecting with people that may have very similar values, very similar beliefs and so forth around certain topics. And I think we need to remind ourselves that you don't have to agree with everyone, nor do you need everyone to agree with you on your certain circumstances. Um, And you don't have to change everybody to, to think the way that you think either. And so be mindful of the conversations that you have because that in itself can cause a whole lot of stress um, and anxiety as, as well, you know, make the or set the intention to have conversations, be nice to one another. And even if you need to agree to disagree, be able to move on. I'm sure you see that a lot, particularly in women's and mothers groups, there can be a lot of you know, turmoil being caused by conversations, which really 
um, yeah, should have stopped, shouldn't it? it, it and I, I also made a decision years ago that, you know, my, and, and this was something that a mentor shared with me, is that what people think of you is none of your business. As long as we're acting with integrity and kindness and how we would like to be, you know, treated, of course, you don't want to not be the, or be the opposite. But really, I think we take on so much, don't we, as women? Well, she doesn't like me or she said that. Maybe, you know, we can have yeah. a lot of conversation internally, can't yeah. we? We try to live our life based on other people's image or expectation, yeah. and then we lose our own authenticity. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think there has to be a balance. So I'm, I I really like to think of the middle road <laughs> in most of the circumstances. Yeah. So it's not that you don't want to listen to anybody. I don't care what this person says. Well, it could be a really well-wishing friend who is giving you advice that, um, you know, when you are walking stoop like this, it would mm -hmm. cause the back pain. Okay, so you can say it's none of the business, uh, none of your business how I walk. Yeah. Well, if this person is not putting you down, their their could desire is yeah, it's, it's a constructive feedback that this person is giving. So listen, mm -hmm. listen. <laughs> Don't just pass judgment on everything. Listen non-judgmentally, whatever is happening, and then assess if it fits your. Uh, you know, your moral uh, morals, if it fits your ethical standard and if it it is beneficial for you, adopt it. And if it is not, you know, let it go. Eat yeah. the banana, throw the peel. Yes. <laughs> and that's so true. I'm glad you you, you picked on that because that's what I meant. There, you need to be able to analyze this as fit as is going to be helpful because often, at, you know, as women leaders, we are sharing information and content and we have to be mindful. Something that someone says could be great feedback that would enable us to grow and expand and so forth. But then we also, on the same note, need to have that discerning or the ability to discern, no, this isn't actually helpful, but this is right for that particular person. But for me, it doesn't fit with where I'm going in my business, such as what you were share, you shared earlier, where people had recommended that, no, you really should be more of an accountant. Can you imagine? Not that there's anything wrong with accountant. Don't, <laughs> don't email me and say there's nothing wrong. Absolutely, we need accountants. But you're much better placed in helping people um, with what you do rather than looking at numbers all day. And so we need to be able to analyse that, don't we, and then make the best decision. Right. Or, because when yeah. there is this inner calling and then there is difficulties, then you're able to overcome. I had I had a friend in medical school that she, she dropped out in final year. And I said, like, why would you drop out after putting so much time and effort and money? And she said, like, you know, it is not in my heart. You know, my parents really wanted me to be a doctor, so I joined. And but this is not my calling. So if if it is if it is your calling, then you would be able to overcome those difficulties. It's not easy in any profession. Um, and so you want to kind of go in the profession that uh, is in alignment with your inner calling. Love that. And I know that we have gone over a little bit of time, but it's so important, I think, the conversation that we had today. But uh, Doctor, would you share how can people get a copy of your book and find out more about you and how you can support them? Well, um, the uh, book is available on stress2joy.com 
um, as well as um, Amazon and other places. Um, but I think there's a, a lot of resources that I have created that people can benefit from in addition to the book. If you go to drrosina.com, um, all these resources are there. And one particular resource that I would strongly recommend um, is a gratitude challenge. So I have a, developed a seven-day gratitude challenge. If um, you take that, you sign up for that, every day you are going to get five minutes of video that talks about different aspect of different way of practicing gratitude in action in other ways. And then a little challenge for you. And so it would help you develop this muscle. You know, when you are trying to build a muscle, you practice, right? So if you want to build a, a positive muscle, uh, positivity muscle in your life, uh, you want to practice gratitude on a regular basis. And this gratitude challenge would give you the seven days opportunity of different ways. And like uh, just one uh, the first day challenge is to make the list of all the people in life that have made a difference in your life and then start calling them one by one and say, well, I made the list of people who made a difference in my life and you are on my list, so thank you. Just that simple act of practicing gratitude has brought so much joy in so many people's life. Mm -hmm. And so you'd get different challenges every day and that may be really helpful. So drrosina.com front slash gratitude challenge is where you can get that challenge and uh, start your journey from stress to joy. Yeah, that's beautiful. And as we're creating, just like we would at, in a gym, uh, building our physical muscle, the gratitude muscle, it becomes almost a habit, doesn't it? Yes. That you're always able this, you know, what is it? What can I be grateful for? You know, I'm always reminded of, um, you know, sometimes we complain about certain things. Oh, my husband's leaving his socks around. Oh, he hasn't done the dishes again. Somewhere someone, a woman is wishing that her husband was doing that because because she's lost her husband, you know. And so when we are able to look at circumstances, even in the midst of a challenge, there's always something that we can learn, always something that we can be grateful for. So thank you for reminding us of that. And please go and check that uh, the challenge out, the gratitude challenge, drazina.com forward slash gratitude challenge. Thanks once again for coming on the show. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, if even one person's life becomes a little happier and healthier, uh, that would be a privilege. So thank you. This podcast is brought to you by TheInfluenceAlliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.theinfluencealliance.com slash podcast series. That's theinfluencealliance.com slash podcast series. <laughs>